0: it has been a fucking minute and I am honestly so sorry about just kind of disappearing from this podcast and not explaining why, but I am here to explain why. Basically, um, well they're two very exciting things, but they did change me. Okay, that's dramatic. I started antidepressants and I got vaccinated. Now let me break this down for you. The antidepressant thing, um, I reached a new low basically it was really bad and I don't say this for sympathy I just kind of want to set the scene um love my parents to pieces but they have always very much been anti-antidepressants uh they've just seen it kind of go wrong for a lot of people and I feel like when your perception of those things isn't a good one you kind of can't see the other side you can't see that there may be a possibility of positivity from that and so my whole life was kind of you know, no, no, we don't, we don't do antidepressants, and, you know, there's also this idea in society that that means that you're weak, but I had a really bad week a few, a few weeks ago, I'm saying weak a lot, but, um, Yeah, I had a really bad week a few weeks ago and there was this one day where I came home and my dad was like, What's wrong? And I just started fucking crying. Like I had no idea. And I didn't stop all day and it was just progressively getting worse. And I think even if you look at some of my TikToks, my eyes are so swollen and I'm like smiling the next morning, like, oh I'm on my way to SoulCycle or I'm getting coffee. But my eyes were so ridiculously swollen from just bawling my eyes out and not being able to sleep. And So my dad was like, okay, let's, let's go and talk to someone about this. So went to see my doctor and she put me on some antidepressants. And I went to record that week that I was on antidepressants and my brain was just empty. Like I just had nothing in there. And I tried to record and re-record so many times. And I was like, I have no fucking idea what to talk about. I felt like I just didn't have any thoughts, which is really weird because I'm always like, my brain is never off. But it's like, I had thoughts, but I just couldn't really put them into a podcast. It just wasn't working. And then I was like, it's fine. I'll do one next week. And then next week came around and I actually got vaccinated in the weirdest way possible. I was out for drinks with a friend, And then we were kind of tipsy, kind of drunk, and we were getting the train from London Bridge and this random man who worked at Guy's Hospital started yelling, does anyone want the vaccine? And I want to get vaccinated, so I went with him. Everyone thinks that's really weird that I just followed this random man. And we, like me and the other people that followed him were actually making jokes about the fact that that's a great way to like kidnap someone and murder them, but I don't know, I just, I was drunk. Sober me probably would have been a bit more skeptical, but I went and we went into guys and they actually ran out of vaccines that day, but they were like, since you're here, since you've waited, we'll um, get you an appointment elsewhere. So I got my vaccine literally a couple of days later at St. Thomas's and my parents had really bad reactions to the um, vaccine. Um, They got like, you know, the fever, the flu symptoms. So I kind of just said to myself, I'm not gonna put any pressure on myself to do a shit ton of stuff, like, I didn't go to Cycle for, like, five days, which, yes, very weird for me, actually, maybe it was, like, four days, um, and I didn't even make a plan for the podcast, because I was just, like, if I'm gonna be in bed and, like, not well, I'm not gonna put the pressure on myself, turns out I didn't actually have a bad reaction to the, po- um, to the podcast, <laughs> to the vaccine, I was fine, my arm was dead for two days, but that was it, like, no fever, no flu symptoms, none of that, um so yeah, you know, not to make excuses, but that is where I've been. Um if we're talking life updates, I don't think anything else has happened. I have a really really cool project starting next week that I'm really excited about. Um and when it's like up and running and I can like talk about it, I will mention it in the podcast, probably be next week or the week after. And As for the antidepressants, I'm on sertraline. I feel like a lot of people who are on antidepressants are on sertraline. Um, even my doctor was like, yeah, this is the one we just kind of give out. And I was like, oh, okay, this isn't candy, but all right. Um, but yeah, two of my favorite people in the world basically are on it and they were like, it's gonna be fine. Um, I've had people message me about it because I have been very vocal about it on TikTok, not so much Instagram, but yeah, I kind of make these antidepressant updates on my TikTok and I've had people message me about what happened. So if you're interested, I lost my appetite for a week and I lost a shit ton of weight because of it. But um, it made me kind of anxious and nauseous 24 seven. So that wasn't fun. But now that's kind of over. um, The only thing that I can say that I've noticed the most is that I don't really feel things as deeply as I once did. Uh, once did as in like three weeks ago. I don't know. I'm not sure if that's going to like lift up or this is just kind of what happens. But yeah, I I haven't cried in, in a while. Which is weird because the day before I went on antidepressants, I was like on my floor crying. And it was like that, like, you know, those big cries where you're like gasping for air. It was like that. And then the only time I cried, it wasn't even like a proper cry, my Apple Watch stopped working and I my eyes watered a little, um, and that's about it. But yeah, that's the update, and I am truly so sorry about not recording this podcast, and it's honestly my favourite thing, and I didn't want to abandon it like that, but I am back, um, and I just didn't really know how to make an episode, or like a, you know, sometimes I put up those little bonus episodes with a brief explanation of why a podcast episode will be late, or if I'm taking a season break or anything like that but i don't know i just wasn't really feeling like me and i didn't really think that anyone needed to be put through that you know like just to hear me kind of be blank in the head um another update is that i'm getting back into reading every few months or so i go through this period of being like i am a reader i want to read everything currently reading this book called insatiable um, it is not what I expected. Honestly, it says on the front of the book, like, a love story for greed, for greedy girls, and I don't know, I like romance novels, so I was like, oh, I will get it, and the- I always judge a book by its cover. I know everyone's like, don't judge a book by its cover. I do. If it has a cute, like, piece of art on the front of the book, I'll read it, um, and this one's honestly not, like, artsy-fartsy. It's just aesthetically pleasing, and it is so erotic, and I like no problem with that. You know, I read the Fifty Shades of Grey trilogy. Don't recommend. It's honestly the worst literature in the world. It's so poorly written. But, you know, I don't really get creeped out about topics like sex and threesomes and stuff like that. I actually enjoy reading things like that because I think that they're conversations that not enough people have. But this book, like not even in chapter five, yeah, I'm like halfway through now, but I remember I was reading it and I got to like chapter five and I was like, okay, we're already, we're already talking threesomes. Okay. It's just so fast-paced, but it's so good because it just keeps you going. Like it keeps you captured. Your mind just wants to know what happens next. It's a very good book, I recommend. Um what else? No, I think that's it. I think that's it. But uh, I do kind of want to make this topic about antidepressants. Um, not this topic, this episode about antidepressants, because I truly didn't know how I would feel telling people that I was on antidepressants, just because I'd had this idea in my mind for so many years that, like, I just didn't need them, and I think the thing for me now is I'm like, oh, I do need them, and that's fine, like, that's okay, and with being open about it means that people give you their unsolicited opinions, and, you know, people online have been like, well, you have no reason to be depressed, like, your life is great, and Honestly, I know objectively I have a good life. Okay. Like it's better than some, but it's also worse than some, but like it's okay, you know? And the analogy that I gave was that you would never ask your friend who doesn't work out how they broke their leg. You would just feel bad for them and you'd be like, get well soon. And not that you should feel bad for people on antidepressants or anything, but you know what I mean? Like that's kind of like, oh, treat it like it's a physical injury because your brain is a physical thing. It's an organ. Like if you're taking meds for the flu or for pain relief or anything, it's the exact same as taking antidepressants. And I'm really proud of myself for coming to terms with that so quickly into taking antidepressants and having people around me who have already normalized that for me, because I feel like a lot of people have a lot of guilt when they start taking antidepressants. They feel like it means that they're weak. And I am here to say that it's honestly one of the bravest things you can do. Having that conversation with my doctor was one of the bravest things I've ever done. Having to say, no, I'm honestly not okay, was maybe the bravest thing I've done this year. Because it's not admitting that you're weak. It's not admitting that you're a failure. It's Realizing that you deserve a lot better for yourself than what's going on right now. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. And it's really sad because asking for help is brave because it's something that's so frowned upon. It's like you're breaking free of these narratives and constraints that people have put upon us, that asking for help is a sign of weakness. By you asking for help, you're breaking free from that. And that in itself is a strong and brave act. And I have never really enjoyed talking to doctors. Like, I'm 22 and I still like ask my parents to make my phone calls to my doctors because I just, I don't know. I hate when people are like, What's wrong? Like, I literally just look to my dad and I've always been this way. When I was in hospital for my heart condition when I was younger, I'd like, they'd say to me, So, what symptoms are you having? And I'd literally look at my dad and wait for him to say it. I don't know. It's just always been a thing. I get very nervous telling doctors what's wrong. And so, when I had to have this phone call, because that's how they are in COVID they're on the phone rather than in person. But when I had to have this phone call, um, I couldn't say to my dad, can you speak to her? Because he doesn't know what's going on in my head. Like, I can explain it, but he doesn't get it. In the sense that, like, he can, oh, what is it? Empathise? Sympathise? What's well, the one where you can, like, understand, but, like, you haven't experienced? Whatever that one is, he can do that. But he can't, like, know for sure what I'm feeling because it's me. And telling people how you feel is is scary. There's no way to beat around the bush about that. Like it's a very scary and vulnerable and intimidating feeling. I kind of felt like I was standing in front of my doctor butt naked, which I've done. Not fun. Wouldn't recommend. But um, yeah, that's how it feels. And to be able to just say, "Yeah, I'm really not doing okay," was like breathing for the first time in forever. And another thing was the fact that she asked me all the questions I knew she was going to ask. Like, before they put you on antidepressants, they're like, oh, is there anything in your lifestyle you can change? Because they don't really want to just hand out antidepressants, you know? They want to see if they can fix something physically. And I was like, no, I eat extremely healthy. I work out every single day. I do all the things that they say you should do for a healthy mind. And here I am. And that was, that was something for me that I had always wanted to say to people, because I feel like a lot of people have been like, well, if you do everything, then, you know, you have no reason to be depressed, or like, you have a roof over your head, so you have no reason to be depressed, and I was just like, I like, not that I was searching for this validation, but I like the fact that I said that to a doctor, and she was just like, it happens, and I was like, ugh, I needed to know that, because I knew that already, but just hearing a doctor confirm it, like someone who's actually done the fucking five years of med school, was, was really empowering. And so with that, another thing that I really want to talk about is toxic positivity. And positivity? Why does that word sound so weird and alien right now? Positivity. I hope I'm saying that correct. Wait, what? Oh my God. That's like, you know, when you're, you're in school and you write the word the too many times, and then you question if you're spelling it correctly. That's what just happened in my brain. But yeah, toxic positivity. So there are people who are always just like, be happy, just don't be anxious, you know? And this idea that you have to consistently be in this state of happiness in order to be a happy person. And I just don't believe that you are or can be a happy person, right? Because in order to know what happiness is, you have to have experienced sadness. And that's not to say that everybody who goes through bad moments in their life needed to go through those moments to grow a lot of things that people go through, they should never have had to go through. And it's really bad that they did. And yes, it may have made them a stronger person, but it wasn't necessary. But this idea that you have to just wake up every morning and like see the light in every single day. And if you're feeling bad, you have to suppress that sadness and get on with your day because you're lucky to be alive. It pisses me off. It pisses me off because life will always be filled with ups and downs. And I think the failure to acknowledge those downs actually makes you a very toxic person and gives you a toxic mindset and it gives you unrealistic expectations of what life is meant to be and there are many ways to perceive life, there are many ways to look at life and understand life but for me I think you take every day as it comes. Some days are going to be bad, some days are going to be amazing, some days you're going to feel every emotion at once and other days you probably won't feel anything. Not probably, you might not feel anything but It's like the polar opposites of things exist in order to understand what the opposite is. For example, without black, there's no white, right? Like that's how you, that was probably a bad example. But okay, without darkness, there's no light. Without light, there's no darkness. In order to understand these concepts, the opposite has to exist. And I think it's the exact same. Actually, I know it's the exact same with happiness. In order to know that you're happy, you had to have been sad once. Otherwise you would have no comparison point and you wouldn't refer to it as happiness. You would refer to it as normalcy. And I think the reason that we do refer to these things as happiness and sadness is because we know that they're not constant states. And so I remember when I was a bit younger maybe like 16 i was trying to open up to people and this is why i probably don't do it as much now but i was trying to have this conversation with someone where i was like i just feel really sad all the time and there are more bad days than good and i don't think that's how it's meant to be you know when you're 16 life really shouldn't be that hard but um that's how it felt it felt like the walls were caving in on me and i was trying to tell someone that that's how i felt and they were like just be happy Like, just think about being happy. And that's when I was like, oh, well, isn't it so great that some people don't know what this feels like? And honestly, like, it is great. Whenever people are like, I don't understand, I'm like, good for you, I'm genuinely happy for you. And I sound sarcastic every time I say that, but, like, seriously, I'm happy for anyone who doesn't understand what it feels like to be depressed because, like, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, honestly, it's a constant battle, it's a constant fight. But yeah, this girl was just like, just be happy. And I was like, what the fuck does that even mean? How can you just say to someone, just be happy? And people are like, you have to just choose to be happy. And like, to an extent, yes, I understand that you do just have to choose to be happy, but sometimes you can't. Sometimes that is beyond your control. Emotions are things that happen regardless of how we choose to perceive things. For example, if you've ever had a situation where you're just like, I actually don't know why I'm crying. And maybe not everybody can relate to that, but that's happened to me more than once. I'm like, I actually don't know why I'm crying. Like, this is just a bodily response that I have no control over. And that's why I think when people are like, just wake up and choose happiness, it's like, it's not that simple. You need to put an ellipses in there and explain yourself. That doesn't just start and stop with that phrase. That's not a sentence by itself. Make this a paragraph. Explain that there will be bad days. Explain that sometimes even when the sun should be shining, it will be raining, because. You can have a really good day and something can set you off and you're suddenly having a bad day. Also, as humans in the world that we live in, we're often taught to bottle things up. And sometimes that explodes in ways that we didn't expect it to. And I think that that can happen a lot when you tell yourself that you have to be happy. You don't have to be happy. You don't. You really don't. And don't let anyone make you feel like you have to be happy every single day because that's unrealistic. That's not life. That's bullshit. I call bullshit anytime someone's like, she's happy all the time. Nobody is happy all the time. Nobody. People want you to believe that they are because that's the kind of culture we live in. We live in a world where you're not allowed to have problems because it doesn't look cool. It's not trendy to be going through something. But the reality is this world's a fucking shit show and we all have shit that we're dealing with and some people won't be honest about it and some people won't be open, but you have to be truthful to yourself and you need to recognize that being happy every single day and every single hour is such an unrealistic expectation that it's going to, in the long term, cause you a lifetime of misery because you're going to keep chasing this goal that is never going to happen. If you want to be happy constantly, it's going to make you sad because it's unrealistic. We as human beings are meant to experience an abundance of emotions. Happiness, sadness, grief, anger, joy. These are all things that we're meant to experience at different points in our life, maybe on different days, maybe a million times in one day. But one constant state of emotion for the rest of your life is unnatural and unrealistic. And for everybody I see online who's like, you just need to be happy. Bullshit. Bullshit. You don't need to be happy. And people, people might take this in the wrong way and be like, oh, she's just like a negative Nancy. No, I'm not. Because I have been that person who's like, my goal is to be happy. I would make like manifestation lists and bucket lists and it would say, be happy. And I had to stop myself doing that because that's unrealistic. That's not how life works. Things are going to happen in your life that are going to throw you off. And if you have this mindset that happiness is a constant state that you have to be in forever, shit's gonna get fucked up real fast. You're gonna feel real bad real fast because it's so unrealistic. Like, social media is fake. I will not post a picture on my Instagram where I'm on the floor sobbing. TikTok, maybe, but Instagram, no, because that's just not how it works, you know, and you can be honest and open about these things online. You can, and there are people that do it, myself included, and, like, I know people who do it, so it's not like it's a niche thing, but... The majority of people don't want to put that online because it breaks the facade of their life. And the more people that continuously keep up this facade that they're happy all the time, the more of an effect that has on other people to think that that's a realistic expectation for life. And it's just not. It's just really, really not. When you stop looking for the perfection and happiness that is constantly in your life, because it's not, if you, if you search for it, you'll think that it's constant and that you just haven't obtained that life. But if you keep searching for it, your body is just going to crumble. Like physically and mentally, it's going to drain you. It's draining to keep up a facade all the time because it's not you. Being you is natural, right? It's so natural. It's just what you do. Like, you wake up and you're you. You exist. If you go out into the world and you have to put up these facades for different people and you have to pretend to be happy all the time, you have to pretend to have your life together, that shit is going to drain you because it's not natural to you. It's like being an actor 24-7, putting on a fucking Broadway show for the rest of your life. That is going to drain you, okay? You've seen these Broadway actors who do eight shows a week and then they lose their voice and then they have a mental breakdown. Yeah, that's going to happen to you if you keep pretending that life is perfect, because it's not. And the sheer fact that life isn't perfect has made you who you are, because nobody has a perfect life. Nobody. There are people who have a life that maybe everybody else wishes they could have and could only dream of having, but perfection... That's not how life works. That's not how life works at all. I think that on the flip side of that though it's also really important to remember that people will only show you what they want to show you and we do live in an age of social media so I'm not going to pretend that that's not a thing that exists and it doesn't dictate our society because it does. Social media has such a massive impact on our world and you know anyone who's like I don't know over the age of 40 probably doesn't see it as as we do as millennials and Gen Z and Gen X or whatever the fuck comes after us. That's not to say that there aren't boomers who know how impactful social media is. But, you know, for those of us who were born late 90s, early 2000s, actually probably no, probably just late 90s. Like I was born in 98, so I really did watch life go from no social media to social media dictating the state of the world. But our life has become so engrossed with how it looks to other people that I think sometimes we fail to remember that in the facades that we create, we do that to keep up with other people's facades. And it creates this competition of who can pretend to have the best life and who can, who can show off the most online. And Honestly, I think that's one of the biggest reasons I don't like Instagram that much because it seems to be the most inauthentic form of social media. Like Twitter and TikTok seem a lot more authentic than Instagram to me. That's just a personal opinion. But one of the biggest things for me and probably one of the most life-changing things for me was realizing that nobody actually gives a shit about you. And not in a rude way, like not in a way of like, oh, no one cares about me, boohoo. Just kind of like everybody is so preoccupied with their own life everybody. And often you think, oh my God, everyone's watching me. Nobody, nobody's watching you. Nobody's thinking about you or obsessing over you in the way that you think they are. It's just the trick that our mind plays on us to make us more insecure and more paranoid. And it's a trick that's been like planted in our brains by all of us to each other. And I do think that it's been amplified by social media 100%, because if you post something on social media, you now have to keep that up in real life. And then it really just becomes a competition of facades. But I think when you realise that people aren't paying that much attention to you, because we are genuinely, in probably the most and least narcissistic way, just so obsessed with how our own life is going that we don't have the brain capacity to obsess over somebody else's life. And this is not like fan life because everybody knows I'm a massive fan girl. Like obviously being obsessed with like Harry Styles and stuff like that is not what I'm referring to. I mean, the people that you know, they will either love you for you or hate you for you, but you just kind of have to remember that we all have our own opinions and nobody, nobody has more time in their brain for anyone than, more than they do themselves. Sorry, don't know why I kind of stuttered there. But yeah, people might observe you, like bitches might talk shit about you, but I think everybody's parents say this to them when they're a kid. They're projecting. They are trying to fight their own battles by fighting them with you. And it sucks. It fucking sucks. Bullies, bitches, the whole thing. It sucks. But when you when you break it down and you look at these things, everybody's just fighting their own demons in different ways. And it's not to say that that's fine, because it's not. But that's just something you have to remember. Like nobody, literally nobody has more time in their brain for anyone than themselves. Okay? Okay, besties. It may feel like people are obsessed with you or people want to know about your life but honestly our attention spans won't last that long like people might be interested in you if you suddenly become successful you're doing something that's a bit out of the box or just there are many things in life that can happen that can make people suddenly want to know everything about you but at the end of the day people will move on they'll find someone else to talk about or they'll come to terms with the fact that they need to deal with their own shit I think the sooner you realize that nobody's paying attention, the more freely you can live. And with that, I think you'll start to realize that we are all so, so different. Humans aren't a monolith, which is something that I feel like social media has also created this idea of, you know, there are so many people who now look alike because we all copy the same trends and we all try and do the same things. But you look at this new wave of models and they look so different and people are like oh god they're so gorgeous and they're like not wearing any makeup and they have like things that for years people didn't like and i remember okay this is probably the best example i remember when i was in primary school i got picked on for my eyebrows i have naturally very very thick eyebrows some may say a monobrow okay all right let's get out of the way but like i'm ethnic okay i was never gonna have thin eyebrows kind of funny that my dad actually has thicker eyebrows than my mum, considering he's the white one, but that's not the point. I got picked on for having thick eyebrows, and so I have been waxing my eyebrows since I was 11, 12, so nearly 10 years I've been getting my eyebrows waxed, just because one nasty girl in my school made multiple comments on how my eyebrows looked, and you know, now I get my eyebrows done because I like to have my eyebrows done. Yes, it probably... Does stem from the fact that I got picked on for having big eyebrows, but like I love having my eyebrows waxed now. But I remember when Cara Delevingne became a big deal, and everybody, everybody wanted thick eyebrows, and I was like, "What the actual fuck is going on?" Like I have been getting rid of my eyebrow hair for years because it wasn't cool and trendy, and now suddenly everybody wants big eyebrows, and I feel like even now, like I mean, it's been a it's been a while since Cara Delevingne became a big deal. I mean, she might have been on the model scene before, but definitely like her Victoria's Secret era kind of changed the game in how many people knew about her. And everyone was like, I want big eyebrows. And that's when everyone started overdrawing their eyebrows. It was the Anastasia Beverly Hills era of eyebrow pomades and eyebrow pencils. And I just remember thinking, what the actual fuck is going on? Like, this is the thing I, at the time, hated most about myself. And even now, under-eye bags and, like, discoloration under the eyes, it was always something that you had to hide, it was, like, wear concealer, like, you look like you haven't slept in years, and for some people that's hereditary, and for other people, yeah, we just probably haven't slept in years, but now it's trendy, like, I saw this TikTok the other day about how cool Emma Chamberlain's under-eye bags are, and big respect to her going online and being, like, I love my under-eye bags, and, like, the darkness under our eyes. Cause I'm, I'm like, that's what people need. They need to hear that these natural things are beautiful. But like, that's another thing, another insecurity that everyone was taught to have that is now trendy. Like things change, trends change. And when people are hiding these things about themselves, we set up a narrative in society that these are ugly things that need to be hidden and things that need to be changed. Just being you is beautiful. And I love that people are starting to realise that. Being your most authentic self is so fucking gorgeous. Like, I love it. And that's not to say that wearing makeup is a bad thing. Like, I love experimenting with makeup. I love trying cool things out. There is something about the way that everybody thinks that the trends are what is beautiful that kind of warps how we see ourselves. And for years, therapy wasn't cool. Therapy was something that it was like, oh, you are fucked up, huh? And now everybody's in therapy. Everybody's like, I want to go to therapy. I need therapy. Or like, I'm not dating any men that aren't in therapy or haven't been to therapy. And I'm like, yes, we need to normalize this. But see how these things that were stigmatized for so long and like marginalized and belittled are all natural, normal things that humans experience and do and have that we're now realizing oh, we all do those things. We all have those things. So why are we hiding them? And it's like, I love that this is happening. I love that we're realizing that the natural, naturality, I don't know if that's a word, but like the natural things in our lives are things that we should love. But I wish we could speed up the process because it's ruining people by how long it takes to realize these things. And the standards that are set or have been set were so unrealistic that the sooner that we realise that we just need to dismantle this idea that perfection is one thing and that that perfection is what we need to strive for, we'll start to be a lot happier, I think. Not happy forever, because remember, we're not happy constantly, but just a little bit happier with how we look and how we live. Because... I don't know. You just think about how many people are so upset with how they look and they, like, they say the thing that they're upset with and you can't even see it. It's just like, in a way, it kind of became trendy to not like certain things about yourself. Like the whole nose job era. I never, ever in my life ever wanted a nose job. I don't think there's anything wrong with my nose. And suddenly everyone was talking about how much they want a nose job, but I was like, oh my God, do I need a nose job? And that's how it starts. That's how it starts by... Like everybody thinking that like one thing to be insecure about is what everybody should be insecure about. We all have different insecurities. And this is what I'm talking about when I say that we're all so different. We are never going to be a monolith, but we all need to like express our individuality with so much power that we learn to understand that not everybody is the same. We never will be. And thus we don't need to do the same things and live the same life. And taking this back to what I was talking about at the beginning of this episode It's the same with antidepressants. There is no reason to act confused or act shocked and disappointed when somebody's on antidepressants because you don't know their life and you never will. You will never know the full story of someone's life. And I was explaining this on TikTok. I was like, there's shit that's happened in my life that I will honestly never put online. I will never put it online. And you guys know I am so authentic and I try and speak my truth and I give you these stories from my life to like, help aid what I'm saying, but there are some events that are just so traumatic, I do not wish to relive them, especially online. And that's a boundary that I've had to set for myself and say, Mary, you don't owe anyone that explanation. But because of that, because there are things that we will never tell the world, that's where lines start to get blurred. And honestly, it is a situation of of blurred lines, because on the one hand, we should be authentic, and we should be Expressing our authenticity and our natural selves and who we really are at the core of our human. But there are also things that we aren't going to tell the world because we can't and because it doesn't feel right and it isn't anybody's business. And so, as a person that wants to change the narrative, as a person that wants to be the part of society that's on the right side of this movement, finding the balance between that on a personal level, like how you choose to show up for yourself before you show up for anyone else is probably the thing that's going to spark the movement. It's probably the thing that's going to make people realize that being you is the most powerful thing you can be. Being you is the thing that's going to make change. Being who you are is what other people need to realize that it's okay to be who they are. Because the more people that try and morph themselves into this godlike figure that we see online, the more people who can't obtain that goal are going to hate themselves. And that's not how life should be. That's not the impact that we should have on this world. And we all have different goals and different ideas of what impact we want to have on the world. But personally, mine is to make sure that people know that it's okay to be who they are because there's nothing you can do about it. You can change everything about yourself physically. You know, you can go to the gym and get a figure like Kim K, even though I don't think she got hers in a gym, but you know what I mean? You can like morph your body into things. You can get work done. You can do whatever. And if you do those things, I think you should do them for yourself. I think they should be choices that you've come to alone without the influence of social media and without the influence of these celebrities who have a shit ton of money and then lie about getting work done. And for anyone who's been in like a toxic girl friendship group, I don't know about guys, never been in one of those, but I can only speak from experience. For anyone who's been in one of those friendship groups where everybody is trying to be a replica of the popular girl, that shit fucks you up. And it takes a while to unpack, but you can do it. You can do it. You can become the best version of you. If you show up for yourself, you have to be the change that you want to see. And I swear by that. You have to be the change that you want to see in the world because nobody else is going to do it. We all have a different vision of how we want this world to be. And we can all obtain that goal. We can all obtain that change, but you have to show up and recognize that your impact in this world, your existence in this world is meaningful and powerful and people want to hear what you have to say. People are tired of hearing replicas say the same thing. Because another thing about social media is the fact that It is not a replica of the real world. Even the things that people say online, they would never say that to your face. The amount of people who have commented shit on my TikToks, I'm like, would you say that in front of me with a police officer present? And that's how my dad raised me. He was like, never ever say something to someone online that you wouldn't say in front of their face with a police officer present. Because some people get too brave. Keyboard warriors get too brave. But similarly, People say things online about their life that their friends would be like, that's not you. Like people who know them in real life can sit there and be like, that's not what they look like. That's not how they dress. That's not how they talk. They are just being a copy and paste of what they think is trendy online right now. And, you know, it's really no shock that there are so many people who have so many different insecurities and stuff right now because obviously we're we're human like we're not born with insecurities but we grow to have insecurities because people say things people get bullied i don't know comparison is the thief of joy but social media has the power to be this thing that completely changes our life for the better and i think it is going in that direction but i would fucking love if that process could could hurry up and we could just teach self-love immediately and the self-love of being who you are and who you were meant to be, and recognizing that you weren't meant to be a copy of everybody else. That's not why you were born. Despite what everyone wants you to believe, despite the fact that you might think that your struggles in life are holding you back, and if you're on antidepressants, you may be feeling like, oh, why doesn't my brain work like everybody else's? Because I can be honest with you, that's how I felt for years. I was like, why doesn't my brain work like everybody else's? It just doesn't. There's nothing I can do about that apart from wake up every morning, show up for myself, take my antidepressants for myself, work out for myself, have to do all these things for myself. People will say that you're being selfish and you guys know I always talk about how there is a very fine line between being selfish and loving yourself so much that people confuse it with being selfish. But if you want to be the person that can show up for everybody else in order to make that change. The changes that I've been talking about, like showing people that it's okay to be yourself. You have to show up for you first. Otherwise you're going to get lost in it all. And you need to take care of yourself mentally and physically, because honestly, we're all fighting demons that nobody wants to talk about, but the conversations need to be had. We need to talk about them because then people will know that they're not alone. And that is the most powerful thing we can do for other people. So we can realize that this world in itself might be isolating and it might feel lonely, especially with the year we've had where we haven't even been able to have human connections in the same way. But despite how lonely it gets, all of us have experienced that loneliness together. And that by itself is such an incredible thing. But there aren't enough people saying to each other like, oh, I too experienced this loneliness or I too struggled. It's just these demons that we think we've experienced alone. And then nobody talks about them. And this is why I cannot stress enough how important it is to talk to people about these things. I was having a conversation with my bestie the other day and we were talking about how we know someone who we literally don't ever have profound conversations with. We just get drunk with them. And we were like, that kind of sucks because yes, you have friends for different purposes and they bring different things to your life. But when you don't have like meaningful profound conversations you can't really get to understand why people are the way they are you also can't understand why you're close with that person like sometimes i've felt this connection to people and then we have a deep conversation or we just talk about topics in life that we've been going through and i'm like oh this is why we feel connected because we are so similar we're all a lot more similar than people realize yes we're not the same but we're similar we're humans it's not like I'm saying we're similar to every mammal in the world I'm saying human beings are very similar and sometimes we don't realize it because we don't talk about it but yeah I'm gonna go and head off to SoulCycle now uh and not cry on a bike because I haven't been crying recently but I'm gonna go and work on me and show up for myself because I know that makes me a better person for not only me but for everybody around me So go and do the same, besties. Look after yourself. Take time for yourself. And don't forget to show up for yourself first and foremost. And know that it's okay to be going through whatever you're going through right now. It's okay. It might suck. It might be the best time of your life. Everything comes and goes in waves. Everything is temporary. Everything that you experience in your life makes you who you are. Whether it was something that you had to go through or it was something you didn't have to go through. It made you who you are. And not only should you recognize your strength and recognize that your individuality is something that you should be proud of. It also means that you can go and change somebody else's world. So yeah, I love you besties. Thank you for for waiting for me to post another episode. I'm so sorry. Just, you know, had a lot of Pfizer in my system. I'm actually on Pfizer antidepressants and I got the Pfizer vaccine. So literally had a lot of Pfizer in my body and I just didn't know how I'd react. I'm back, besties. I'm back. I love you.